More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Hey, welcome to Survivor Sanctuary. This is Kelly, and we are kicking off episode 45 of the podcast. Last week was a lot of fun celebrating the one-year anniversary of Survivor Sanctuary. I got a lot of great comments from folks about what the podcast means to you, things that you've learned over the last year, and uh, each and every comment means a lot to me. And I just appreciate you guys. I've got a group of listeners that are just awesome people. And I love that we have this little community that we can share together. And as I do on every episode of Survivor Sanctuary, I want to plug our Facebook group. You can search Survivor Sanctuary on Facebook request to join. And there is a membership question. It's multiple choice. It's super, super easy. It basically asks what this podcast is about. And if you're listening, then you will have no problem answering that. So we would love to have you join us in the Survivor Sanctuary group on Facebook. It is a great place to interact, to share your story if you want to share it, to get some feedback and input from other survivors like you and some advocates as well. I love our community. I love how supportive we are of each other. And And if I need encouragement, I definitely go and read the comments and post sometimes on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group because I know that my fellow survivors have got my back and are there just to listen and to offer advice if needed. And we'd love to have you in that group as well. There are some exciting things coming up for Survivor Sanctuary. Got some news to announce soon, and I'll be doing that first and foremost on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. So if you're not a part of it, I would definitely encourage you to join us there so you can hear about everything that's happening with the podcast and everything related to the podcast as it happens. So you're going to get the information there first, and you'll hear from me first on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group always. So it's a good idea idea to join if you haven't already. So diving into today's podcast, if you saw the title of this episode, then you know I want to talk about the hashtag that is super popular on social media right now. It is Save the Children. And you know, when I first started seeing this hashtag popping up and realized that people were talking about child sexual abuse and uh, sex trafficking and things like that, I was actually encouraged. You know, my heart skipped a beat like, wow, I'm seeing all these people sharing this Save the Children hashtag. And there are a lot of people that typically I don't see uh, talking about sexual abuse at all or talking about the exploitation of children. So I was pretty encouraged when I first saw it. I was kind of excited. You know, it's one of those things where, and if you're a survivor, you probably get this to some extent. There are not a lot of people who will just be outspoken about sexual abuse. It still seems to be taboo. For all the progress that we've made, I still feel like 
there are so many people who just would rather not hear about anything related to sexual abuse. So when you start seeing people around you standing up and paying attention, it can be like a really good feeling. It's like, okay, I haven't been, you know, saying all of these things in vain. I haven't been sharing my story in vain. People are getting it. You know, people are paying attention uh, wherever they got the information that made them decide it was important to care about children being abused. Like wherever they got that from, all I know is it's good they're finally talking about it. So I had some pretty positive feelings right at the beginning, but it didn't take long for me to get a little bit uneasy about the whole save the children hashtag. Now I want to stop here and say, if you've shared this hashtag on social media, if you're a survivor of sexual abuse, I am willing to bet that when you hashtag save the children, you actually mean it. And probably for some pretty pure reasons, one of the main ones being, you know what it is like when a child is sexually abused. You know the effect that it can have on a life for the rest of that life. And so you realize the importance of not allowing children to be abused, not allowing them to be exploited. And so when I kind of frown upon this hashtag, and as I talk about it throughout this episode, I don't want to step on toes as far as, oh, if you've shared this Save the Children hashtag, it's something to be ashamed of. That's not what I think at all. And in fact, if you are just talking about saving children from abuse, saving children from child sex trafficking and exploitation, if you really mean that, when you post the hashtag Save the Children, more power to you, because obviously... I do agree that we need to save any children who are in that situation, any child who is being trafficked, any child who is being abused. So I can totally get behind the actual meaning of save the children. What I'm having a little bit of a problem with or a lot of a problem with is the save the children hashtag. And as the weeks have gone by, I've become increasingly frustrated by it and it finally kind of is all starting to come into a picture that I can sort of look at it and say, okay, this is why it bothers me. And this is why I want to talk about this on the podcast. Sometimes it takes me a little while. Things will start rubbing me the wrong way. I get this like little feeling that something's off or something's not quite right. And you know, sometimes I can pinpoint it immediately and other times it takes me a little while. And the save the children hashtag, even though after the initial like, oh, yay, people are talking about, you know, child sex trafficking and child abuse and and exploitation and they're paying attention to the fact that kids are being abused. Yay. You know, that initial excitement lasted a couple of minutes before I started to get a really uneasy feeling. So I think that one of the things that really bothered me is I was seeing this Save the Children hashtag from people who never, ever, ever speak out about sexual abuse on their social media, like ever. And suddenly it's all this Save the Children, Save the Children, Save the Children. And I'm thinking... Why is it that when I post things about sexual abuse, there are crickets? You know, these people never like the post. They never comment on the post. Or if they do, it's to push back. Like, I get that quite a bit. People pushing back on like, why are you posting this? Why are you talking about this pastor who sexually abused a child? You know, why are you posting this before this person has had their day in court? You know, X, Y, Z. You have people who are pushing back or saying nothing at all that are suddenly posting this Save the Children hashtag and suddenly caring a lot, apparently, about the fact that children are being abused and exploited around the world. And I'm not saying 
that if somebody hasn't liked my post or if somebody hasn't interacted with my thoughts and opinions on child sex abuse, then that means they don't care about it. Like, listen, I realize the world is a big place. Social media is a big place. Nobody has to say or think or feel anything about my post. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. And I hope it doesn't come across that way. But if it does, just know that that is not the intent behind it. Nothing special about what I post about childhood sexual abuse as opposed to what somebody else might post about it. I just noticed that it was a lot of people who really seem to not want to hear about sexual abuse when the rest of the general public posts about it, but are suddenly just showering social media with the Save the Children hashtag. So I want to take you back to July when the Wayfair.com like conspiracy theory scandal thing cropped up online. Now, The theory that gained some traction in July regarding Wayfair was that some of their more expensive items, uh, decorations for the house or pieces of furniture, like there were cabinets, and they were named after people, like they had actual human names as descriptions, which... I'm going to say that's not unusual at all. Like you go into a furniture store and this sofa set is the Audrey. Like that's pretty normal. Like that's something that furniture stores have done for quite a long time. So I don't know why these particular items caught people's attention, but I remember reading some articles about it and being like, this is pretty crazy. When I say articles, okay, I use that term loosely. They were probably more just like Facebook posts and people reposting things from Twitter. In any case, the conspiracy theory was that Wayfair was actually trafficking children. And for several thousand dollars for this, quote, cabinet, unquote, you were actually purchasing a child. So it was a very strange story floating around. And listen, I'm going to read a story like that just to see like if there's any basis in truth anywhere. I'm not opposed to looking into things just because they sound a little weird. Um, The theory or the conspiracy theory, I should say, has been debunked by a lot of fact-checking websites. I don't think it would be easy at all for an online furniture store to sell children unless there was like, I I mean, more people would have to be in on that. But I share that about the Wayfair story uh, because that's right around the time that I noticed the Save the Children hashtag was really starting to show up in places that I had never seen it before. So my initial reaction is, yay, you're supporting children and you're against child sexual abuse and you understand that it needs to be fought and this is an evil in our society. And if you're a survivor of sexual abuse, I know that you are right there with me on that. Like we understand that this is happening more than people know. We understand that this is happening in places that people would never suspect or don't want to suspect. We know it's a huge problem and it definitely needs a lot of attention. And even though in recent years, child sexual abuse has been getting a lot more attention than it has historically, it is still one of those topics that people would rather not think about. They would rather not talk about, and they would rather you not think or talk about it, especially not on your social media where they might see a story that annoys them that they don't want to think about. But as the weeks have gone on, and I've seen people who I know 
are not supportive of victims of sexual abuse within the church because I've interacted with these people. They're not supportive at all when a victim comes forward and speaks out about being sexually abused within the church. And then they're posting this hashtag, save the children, and apparently they care deeply. So the two just didn't fit together for me. And it bothered me until one day I kind of put my finger on what I think that it was that was bothering me so much. Is that the people People who are posting the save the children hashtag seem to be doing it to make a political statement of some kind, a political statement that has nothing to do with saving children and everything to do with convincing the world at large that the political party they disagree with is inherently evil. Now, lest you think that I'm here to put down a political party and promote another one, that is absolutely not what is happening in this podcast at all all. So if you recognize any political party in anything that I'm saying, just know that this is not partisan. This is not about who you vote for, uh, which side you affiliate yourself with. That's not what it's about at all. To me, it's about whether or not the people who are posting hashtag save the children are actually interested at all in saving the children. It bothers me just on a really deep level, to see people sit silently when a Christian leader is accused of sexually abusing a child, or to sit silently when a church leader is accused of covering up for someone who has sexually abused a child. Worse than even sitting silently, though, are the people who will actually go onto their social media and defend these pastors and church leaders, child sexual abusers. They'll defend them and basically say, we don't have all the facts, and this person hasn't had their day in court, so how dare we say something? So you have those people who are are either silent or they're actually pushing back against anyone who is trying to bring to light sexual abuse within the church. And then these same people are posting hashtag save the children when it pushes a political agenda. And it seems like uh, people only want to hashtag save the children when the oppressor of those children is one of their chosen party's political opponents. And if that's the case, if you only want to save the children when the abuser is somebody you don't like, hot take, you do not want to save the children. You don't. It has literally nothing to do with children or saving them. It has to do with a desire to make your opponent look bad or to prove to everyone else that your opponent is inherently evil. Again, lest you think that I am trashing one political party in favor of another, I will say that I have seen this I'll call it virtue signaling from both sides. It is using the plight of children who are really seriously in trouble in order to say that one political party is good or bad. It's not genuine care for the oppressed. It's not genuinely desiring that children created in the image of God not be used to satisfy the sexual depravity of someone. It is. It has nothing to do with that if you only care about victims who are abused by people you don't 
like, whether it's a politician, whether it's a, a political party. Um, we have people talking about the elite in Hollywood who are sexually abusing children and, you know, the QAnon and all the conspiracy theories out there. And I'm not here to argue the conspiracy theories, but I am here to say that if you can get on board with these conspiracy theories where facts are really not easy to find, you can get on board with that, but you can't get on board with the thousands and thousands of victims of sexual abuse who are telling you over and over again that they are being abused within the church by Christian leaders. You can get on board with the weird conspiracy theories on the internet, and you can hashtag save those children all day, every day, but then When actual sexual abuse victims come forward from the church and say, hey, this spiritual leader abused me, this spiritual leader abused me, and this one helped cover it up, you don't give them the time of day. There's no hashtag for these people. Have you noticed that there is just this big difference to reactions to stories of abuse? Watch it and you'll notice it. Like follow some people on Twitter, uh, friend some people on Facebook. It's even happening on Instagram. And, you know, somebody will post a story about child sexual abuse, someone who has been abused a person who's been accused of abusing a child, and you're going to see different reactions to these stories depending on which political party a person is a part of. And again, doesn't matter which one. Post a story about a prominent conservative evangelical Republican. Post a story about somebody from that political persuasion abusing a child, and that story is going to be shared And it's typically going to be shared by people who disagree with the political views of that far-right, conservative, Christian, whoever it is. And the exact same thing is going to happen if you post a story about someone who maybe is known as liberal and they're caught in some sort of scandal. You'll have the people who disagree with them fundamentally on their political views and their lifestyle views and all that. You'll have people posting that story, sharing. And it's almost like we're using these stories to prove that our politician is better than somebody else's. We're using these stories to prove that our view on issue X, Y, and Z is the one that matters. And if we're doing it with hashtag save the children, all I'm saying is you do not really want to hashtag save the children. If there's anything at the roots of what you post that isn't about the fact that no child should ever be sexually abused, if there's anything at the root of the hashtag you're using that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that no image bearer should be sexually abused by anyone, if it's not about the bodies and souls of children and their worthiness and their value, the value of their lives, then it's not genuinely about saving children. It's about your ego. If you can only empathize with victims, or let me say, let me go beyond empathize. If you can only believe victims who were abused by people you don't like, you do not want to save the children. 
So don't use the hashtag. And we're finding that uh, basically just in life in general, but especially on social media, because that's just where we share all of our thoughts and opinions. There are people who will empathize. They choose when and where to show empathy. And we have people who are believing victims, sharing their stories, um, as long as those victims were abused by people you are against. And if you are against them, you'll share that story. And if you're not against the people that they're accusing, you're not going to share that story because it makes your side look bad. And if I could choose to make one thing in this entire world nonpartisan, I think that it would be childhood sexual abuse. So here's something about childhood sexual abuse and partisan politics. You will hear so many arguments telling you why one side is less likely to produce abusers. You'll hear it from Republicans and you'll hear it from Democrats. You'll hear it from hyper conservatives and you'll hear it from super liberals. This is why the other side is much more likely to produce abusers who target children. And I want to say it is complete and utter BS. I will say this. There are systems within Christianity that can create an atmosphere where abuse can thrive. Yes, that's the truth. And you'll hear that a lot. Well, in these complementarian churches and churches where, you know, women are considered as lesser and where men are in power and, and that's how it goes, this can create an atmosphere where abuse can thrive. And I will say, yes, there are systems that can create that atmosphere uh, where abuse can thrive. And we're seeing how a lot of churches operate. Uh, they're making it very, very easy for abusers to come in and infiltrate or for people who are already there to just abuse children if that's what they want to do. We make it a little bit easy. But I will also say on the flip side of that, when we have a disdain for these systems and we blame these systems for creating abusers, we become blinded to the abuse that's in our plain sight as well. We become blinded to what's happening in our circle of people, uh, maybe the ones we agree with politically, maybe the ones we think, oh, well, they don't oppress women or they don't do this or they don't do that. So th there's no system here that's going to create an atmosphere where there's abuse. It can make it easy to miss the abuse that's happening where you least expect it. So I don't buy it. Like, I'm just going to say it. And I'm sure that a lot of people will disagree. But I don't honestly care which uh, political side that you're on, if you're conservative, if you're liberal, if you're somewhere in the middle, I do not believe that childhood sexual abuse is partisan. I don't think it respects political parties. I think that we are finding abusers everywhere. We're finding them in the more conservative parties, yes. We're finding them in churches where systems are set up where it seems like it makes it easier for people to be abused. But you are also finding abusers where there's no patriarchal system, where women are treated okay. Abuse can literally happen anywhere. It can literally happen to anyone. Republicans sexually abuse children. Democrats sexually abuse children. People who believe in equality for all people can also abuse children. I don't think that there is one political persuasion or one way of being that exempts people from having to deal with predators or that makes it impossible for a predator to pop up. I think that the reason that it's comforting for people to politicize saving the children or to politicize childhood sexual abuse or sexual abuse of any kind, I think that the reason that it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside to politicize it 
is that it gives us like some semblance of control over it. It gives us a little bit of understanding. I mean, we think, I, I feel like it's a false security, but it's there nonetheless. If the bad guy is on the other side and the bad guys on the other side are the ones that are doing the, the big wrong thing and abusing children, then we feel safe because we're on the side of righteousness and we're on the side of goodness. And it literally doesn't matter which side you're on. Both sides think the same thing, that they're right and the other side is wrong. So it gives us this sense of security, like, oh my goodness, um, hashtag save the children. I care so deeply about children not being abused and I'm going to speak out about it because I believe that my political opponents are more likely to abuse them. It makes us feel like we have some sort of control when the reality is literally anyone can sexually abuse a child. Predators do not respect your political party. Predators do not respect your political ideology. They just don't. Predators are everywhere. They're in every party in every walk of life. And it's a scary thought. It, it really is. And I mean, that's not to say like every person in the world is an abuser, but there are abusers from literally every walk of life. And there's no way to get it down to a formula of this political party is the birthplace of abuse. And this political party is magical and has nothing to do with abuse. It doesn't exist. But we're seeing this attitude, this way of thinking with hashtag save the children. And it makes me angry. And the reason it makes me angry is because I don't ever want to use abused or oppressed children to promote a politician or to promote a political party or to promote some ideal. I don't ever want to use real children who are being abused horrifically so I can prove some point about another political party. It bothers me so much. I've seen this particular hashtag, Save the Children, used to clap back at other hashtags that people disagree with. I've seen people post Save the Children to say, oh, well, you say Black Lives Matter. Why don't children's lives matter? Like literally someone's mad about another hashtag and another issue of social justice. It's that what aboutism? Well, what about child sex trafficking? You don't care about that? Hashtag save the children. When somebody posts hashtag save the children, I've seen people post this save the children hashtag to push back at people who think that wearing masks is important. Like literally, this is not something I'm making up. It's stuff that I see on my own timeline. People posting hashtag save the children and saying things like, oh, well, no one in the media is talking about this. It's all about masks and COVID-19. And like people are using the abused bodies and spirits of children to make political points that have absolutely nothing to do with childhood sexual abuse, with sex trafficking, with saving children from anything. It's like a really gross kind of virtue signaling, and it bothers me so much. And I think that the reason that it bothers me so much, and probably the reason if you've survived childhood sexual abuse that it bothers you, is that we understand the very real problem of childhood sexual abuse, of child exploitation, of child trafficking. These are real issues. They are causing suffering that we can't even fathom. And people are using this very real suffering to push a political agenda. There is no place in the suffering of children for your politics. There just isn't. 
I said it before, I'll say it again. If there was one thing in the world that I could convince everybody was completely nonpartisan, it is the abuse of children. If you only empathize with victims that were abused by people you don't like, you do not want to save the children. If you're only concerned about abuse, if it makes somebody that you don't like look bad or it makes a political party look bad, you also don't actually want to save the children. If you only care that someone is being abused, if it's by someone that you consider your enemy in this world of us versus them, you don't actually want to save the children. And honestly, I would rather people say absolutely nothing about saving the children than to say it for the reasons it's being said right now. Something that has long, I think, bothered me um, within the church when we're talking about childhood sexual abuses, it almost seemed like trendy, and that might not be the right word, but that's how it felt to me. It kind of felt like it was trendy to care about sex trafficking. I don't know if it's because this is just, you know, in recent years when we've really started to learn about sex trafficking and to realize it's an actual real thing that happens. That's probably part of it. But it just seemed like all these people were suddenly like concerned with sex trafficking and they were concerned with the fact that this is happening to people all over the world. But here's what I've found that it's easy for people to do in churches when they're talking about something like child sex trafficking. It is really, really easy to view sex trafficking as something that happens over there. It's not really something that you can completely relate to because most people feel like it's not something that's happening in their circle of friends or in the circle of people that they trust. It's not something that's happening in their churches. So just to be clear, I don't believe this about the issue of sex trafficking. It's very real. It's very important. We should care and we should fight it. But I think that it's easy for people within the church to think of like sex trafficking as something that happens over there. Othering is the wrong word, but it's almost like it's not something that you can really relate to as in this is something that could happen to my best friend or this is something that could happen to my daughter. It's typically something that we think of happening to other people, the people out there who don't really have anything to do with us. So I think it's almost a safe issue and that sounds terrible, but that's the way that it comes across to me in so many churches that I've been a part of in youth groups where people are like, oh, we're raising money for childhood sex trafficking. We're watching this documentary about sex trafficking and, and we're going to send money to this organization that you know deals with sex trafficking. And those are good things. It's good to raise awareness, but I think that it's a comfortable way to deal with childhood sexual abuse. If you can think of any way that sexual abuse could be comfortable. Like it is a comfortable, like, okay, I feel warm and fuzzy because this is something that's happening out there. I can throw money at it and I can raise awareness and I can watch documentaries, but I don't ever have to deal with it personally. And here's what isn't like that at all. Childhood sexual abuse is not like that at all. And the reason is because your child is so many times more likely to be sexually abused by somebody you know and that is in your circle of trust than they are to ever be sex trafficked. Not to take anything away from people who wanna raise awareness about sex trafficking, people who wanna fight it. I'll say it again, it needs to be fought. It's horrifying the things that are being done to human beings here in our own country, right in our backyard, and all around the world. It's something everybody should care about. But we need to be careful 
not to use things like sex trafficking for virtue signaling. To say, oh, look at me. I care about sex trafficking. That makes me a good person. And then you have a person that maybe they know, maybe that they've sat next to in church who comes forward and says, hey, a leader in this church sexually abused me. And you get crickets from them. Like there's literally nothing. Where are the Save the Children posts when a pastor or a youth leader or a Sunday school teacher has been caught sexually abusing children? Where are the Save the Children posts when you see the number of people that are abused by somebody that is in a position of trust and power in their lives? We need to be honest with ourselves because if you only care about the hashtag Save the Children when it's comfortable for you to do so, you don't really care about saving the children. That hashtag is just something that you're posting to prove a point that doesn't have anything to do with saving kids. And it's sad because there are so many who really, really need your attention, who really need your support. It just really bothers me that we are exploiting this very real problem. We're exploiting children when we're using that hashtag or a hashtag like it. If if you're speaking up for any reason other than to support victims of abuse and to try and stop abuse, you're not doing it for the right reason. I think I mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago that somebody, actually a relative of mine, who I'm fairly certain has abused teen girls. In his life as a minister, I have it on pretty good authority that this is something that he did. And whenever there's a meme about Bill Clinton sexually abusing a girl or going to Jeffrey Epstein's island, or whenever there's a meme that involves a liberal person potentially sexually abusing children, he will post it and he is all about that save the children life. And then I post on my own page about a pastor who's arrested for child pornography, like literally caught with child pornography and downloading it onto his personal computer and he's arrested for it. And I post it and the pushback that I get is this man hasn't had his day in court. This could just be Satan trying to take this man down or it could be the government. Like you don't know if that was planted there, like fighting tooth and nail to defend this pastor who was caught with child pornography while he's willing to post memes about the people he doesn't like potentially sexually abusing people, even though there's probably less evidence, not saying it isn't true. I mean, listen, that's not my point at all. Just saying that he doesn't have the evidence that he's requiring I have before I post something on my own page. There is a huge disconnect there. That is not a care and concern for children. That is exploiting what has happened to children so you can stick it to the politicians that you don't like. Again, not on a political side here. I've seen it happen in every political persuasion. People use these hot button issues to make themselves feel better about the party they've decided to align themselves with. And sexually abused children know no political party. Sexual predators of children respect no political party. I guess when it comes down to it, what I want to say is that if you really want to save the children, you want to save the children, not just when it's comfortable, but when it actually costs you something. Anybody can post that, hey, this political opponent of mine or my parties did XYZ and that makes him terrible and oh gosh, how could he do this? Anybody can do that. It's easy to do that. If somebody I hate 
or just strongly dislike, since I'm not supposed to hate anybody, gets caught sexually abusing a child, um, that's easy. It is easy to stand up and be like, oh, hey, this person sucks and abusing children sucks. When it gets really hard, it's when a friend of yours is accused. It's when a pastor or a church leader or a ministry leader that you really admire, whose books you've bought and you just don't wanna believe that they could do anything horrible. It's when those people are accused. If you really care about saving the children, you'll care when it costs you something, when it costs you members of your family, when it costs you a position maybe that you've enjoyed and you know if you speak out, you're gonna lose that position. If you really want to care about saving the children, you're going to care when it costs you something. Maybe it costs you the reputation of your politician of choice. There are so many ways to frame it. Like I, I laugh. I don't engage in these conversations on Facebook anymore. I literally just laugh at them. And if I am ever tempted to comment, I know it's pointless because people make up their minds about something and there's nothing you can do by arguing with them on Facebook. So typically I try to stay out of the arguments and to stay out of the fray, but you'll see it. Um, somebody will justify why they're voting for a particular candidate despite something this candidate has been accused of. They will only post things that are about their opponents and will never post anything negative about the politician they've chosen. Again, this is normal. Like, it's politics. It's how politics work. But what I'm saying is you cannot hashtag save the children only if it confirms your bias about a politician you've decided you're going to vote for. Again, don't care who you're voting for. Don't care at all like what side you're on. Not my point here. It just makes me sad, and I think that it makes a lot of survivors of sexual abuse sad as well. Um, I've been reading some different comments and people posting on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, it's crazy how people will say that they care about this subject, but the second the second that supporting a victim is going to cost them something, they're quiet. They're, they're not willing to say anything. They're not willing to speak out. And if that's the case, it's just lip service. It's virtue signaling. It is, it's not anything that's going to help anyone escape child sex trafficking, escape exploitation, escape sexual abuse. And it's a form of exploitation all by itself. I just wish everybody could take a step back you want to fight over politics, fight over them. You know, you want to beat each other to death on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the places where people love to argue. Go for it till you're blue in the face. Pick your party, do whatever you want. Leave the children out of it. The children have nothing to do with either candidate and the children have nothing to do with either party. There are arguments, yes, that can be made and that people make all the time to try and prove somehow that their party is better to children than the other party is. But child sexual abuse is nonpartisan. It's a nonpartisan issue, and that's how it needs to be dealt with. You really want to save the children? Listen the next time a victim speaks up. Listen when people come forward and say, this man or woman that you have respected for all these years, that you, whose ministry you've supported, that you've followed, that you just think the sun shines out of their butt crack, this person has sexually abused me. This person has violated me. This man of God, quote, man of God, has covered up sexual abuse and has deeply harmed this child or this child or this child. Listen when somebody says that. It's not easy, but that's what it means to care about 
saving the children, hashtag or otherwise, is that you care about them. You care about any child that's victimized. You care about any child that's abused, not just the ones that help you further your political agenda. Caring about victims of sexual abuse, caring about victims of trafficking, it can't be reduced to a hashtag. It just can't. These are real people, real lives that have gone through experiences you and I can't fathom. And really supporting those people, really fighting for justice for those people is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you more than, you know, however many characters in that hashtag. It's going to cost you more than a tweet or a Facebook post. We're talking about real human beings here. And they're human beings that are suffering in unimaginable ways. And they have nothing to do with your political party or who you think should win the election or who you think shouldn't win the election, nothing. And all you're doing when you use them for that is further exploiting them. Again, I'm not trying to demonize the hashtag save the children. If you post that and you genuinely believe it and you genuinely care and it's not to prove a political point, nothing wrong with that hashtag whatsoever. I'm speaking to those who are posting for reasons that I feel like are just shady and have nothing to do with kids. If there is anything at the root of that hashtag that isn't about protecting kids created in the image of God from horrific abuse, if there's anything at the root of it, political or otherwise, just don't do it. Don't use the hashtag. Don't further exploit the exploited because that's not empathy, that's ego. And I just, I don't think it has any place in the world of children and abuse. I just, it doesn't belong there. So that's what's been going on in this head of mine the last couple of weeks and that I wanted to share here. Just stop it. Do not use abused or oppressed children to promote your political ideal, your politician of choice, your political party. Again, either one, I don't care which one it is or if you're straight down the middle, don't use abused and oppressed children to make political points. They're not political points. They're human beings created in the image of God who are worthy of your compassion and your empathy. So that's it. (laughs) That's what I wanted to get off my chest. And I think that I've done that here on episode 45 of the Survivor Sanctuary podcast. I want to thank you once again for joining me today. If you have anything you want to add to the conversation, any comments, any things you disagree with or agree with, or just something you want to say, you can do that on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group page. Just search Facebook for Survivor Sanctuary, request to join, answer that membership question. It's multiple choice. It's super easy. The answer is sexual abuse. I'll tell you that. It is not grocery shopping, despite the fact that like four people this week have tried to join the group and said it was about grocery shopping. Not true at all. So join our group. You can post comments there. Any thoughts that you have about this week's episode. And as always, I will catch you next time on another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. 
Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.